I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 490 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. And Brian Lau is with us as we jump into part two. That's right. Of our chronology of uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We just came out with uh, the episode that covers part one through four, which is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, 3, and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Right. Um, and now we're jumping into the uh, the fifth movie. And getting through the rest of the series. We kind of sawed the series in half. Yeah, we did. <laughs> guess, guess what kind of saw we used? Well, the thing is, it would take a long time if we had a, a manual saw. Space yeah. saw. <laughs> and if you're just checking in, every Halloween we try to take a big famous movie series, watch the entire series, Brad and I painstakingly sit through every minute, every Emphasis hour. on the pain. Of, uh, of a movie series like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, whatever. And then we regurgitate it as one big story to our buddy Brian Lau. Uh, who, Feed that uh, pain to me. Yeah. <laughs> and he, Brian Lau is not a horror fan, doesn't watch horror movies. So it's fun to try to put it all together and tell it to him and watch his confused face try to pick apart the details. Um, if you want to check out other episodes, go to chuckandbradpodcast.com slash Halloween. You'll see all of our Halloween episodes over the years, including when we did this with Brian with uh, Friday the 13th. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe the Leprechaun movies that, oh, that yeah. happened. Yes. <laughs> as, as well as many other Halloween episodes. I think we have over 20 Halloween episodes up there. So check them out. Check out 489, episode 49, for part one of this series. But now we're on to 490, part two of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. Brad, hit us up. Where are we? What movie are we starting with? The title of the fifth film in this franchise is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. However... <laughs> Unlike the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Chainsaw is now correctly written as one word. Yes. <laughs> oh, so wow. it is technically a different title than the first one, even though, you know, if you're just hearing them, you're like, oh, it's the same title. Nope, not the case. <laughs> <laughs> what year did this come out? Uh, 2003? Yeah, early 2000s. Uh, I mean, I, I, my, my unofficial subtitle was the Jessica Biel one, as she ah. is the star of this film. Is that the next one? Wow. Yeah. We're, we're, we're already far. I, th I think it's 2004. Let's see. It's 2000, 2003, October 2003, okay. uh, produced by Michael Bay, who also no. produced... Yes, he produced uh, a lot of different movies that you probably wouldn't expect, including like, I think the Nightmare on Elm Street and the Friday 13th reboots around this time as well. Um, this is a reboot of the first film, sort of. Uh, we start with old footage of cops exploring a murder house. Then we cut to five idiots are driving through Texas after returning from Mexico. I w I w let's, let's just real quick. Yep. Is this the, the cops like with like the policeman talking into yeah. the recorder? The opening of this in terms of like setting up this, I think it's the best opening of yeah. any of them. It's, they're it, going through the house and they're like, the girl said that she was here and he's doing it. And it seems so legit. It's really well done. It's like, cool. it, you know, it's like a crime, crime scene description that's on video. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like, ah, oh, look, like here's the bone chandelier and you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's really well done. And I think it's for people who liked the first one. So it's a really cool kind of second, you know, you're, it's like you're an homage seeing, to that. Yeah. You're seeing it more in that point of view. 
from like, man, what would it be like to look back on this and see what it is? And it's a really cool way to kind of bring that into it, that feeling. All right. Five idiots are driving through Texas after returning from Mexico. Jessica Beal, riding shotgun, nice. doesn't want to get high, and she didn't drink in Mexico. Good for her. Mm. Fun fact, that's because of a scrapped subplot where she was pregnant. Yes, scrapped. They, <laughs> it's not in the movie. <laughs> not in the movie. Uh, they pick up a lady hitchhiker who has suffered trauma of some kind. She says something about a bad man, then takes a gun out from in between her legs and shoots herself in the head, like through her mouth, Ugh. straight back. Blows out the back window of their van. Uh, they go to a diner, and the woman in the diner tells them to go to an old slaughterhouse to meet the sheriff. Uh, yep. They go, and they meet a boy who tells them where the sheriff lives. So they go there and meet a guy who only has half legs. Wait, so the slaughterhouse only... Yeah, it's maybe it's a mill slaughterhouse. Uh, it, it, you know, There's just a boy there? Yep. Okay. Uh, they go there and meet a guy with half legs. One of the protagonists... Half legs? Yep. Like, uh, you know, like a, a, an amputee at oh, the knee. okay. Uh, one of the protagonists is sledgehammered by Leatherface, who makes a mask of his face. The sheriff finds pot... Finds... Oh, that should be in quotes. Finds pot in the van. And... Oh, no, there was actual pot in the van. And tries to get a, a different male protagonist to reenact the hitchhiker's suicide. So he gives the guy a gun and he's like, how did she do it? How did she do it? And it's Arlie Ermey playing the sheriff. Yes. The <laughs> disturbed sheriff. Yes. And uh, he's, has like, he's up in this kid's face and, you know, the kid has a gun. And so the kid finally turns the gun on the sheriff and Arlie Ermey's like, what are you going to do? Pull the trigger? Bah, 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 bah. And so the kid pulls the trigger and, of course, the gun is not loaded. Uh, the non-Beal female is killed by Leatherface. The other male is handcuffed and driven away by R. Lee Ermey. I like non-Beal yeah. <laughs> female. <laughs> Beal goes to a trailer to uh, find help and drinks drugged tea. Uh, mm. She wakes up for a classic dinner scene. Classic chainsaw <laughs> massacre. Oh my. Dinner scene. <laughs> we learn Leatherface has a degenerative skin disease. Mm-hmm. Okay. And only his family loves Interesting him. Interesting wrinkle. Only his family loves him. You're adding that in. That's conjecture. <laughs> Sustained. I like that's conjecture. Beale goes to the basement and ends up killing her meat-hooked friend to put him out of his misery. Yeah, that's right. She finds her handcuffed friend, and they escape to some old shacks. Beale is almost caught, but handcuffed guy steps in uh, to attack Leatherface, then is hung on a chandelier. I'm not going to say what it's made out of. Then chainsawed from the dick up. Ugh. Beale runs to the slaughterhouse and hides. She tricks... She's the only one left now? Yeah. She tricks Leatherface, then cuts his arm, I, I, I put off with a question mark, with a cleaver. She runs to the road, finds a trucker who drives her to the diner. She sees the hitchhiker's baby. <laughs> uh, the hitchhiker, of course, yes. you know, upset yeah. that her baby is stolen. The hitchhiker's baby in a uh, high chair in the middle of the diner. Um... The police arrive and they're like, ah, oh, Beale escaped. We got to find Beale. What's going on? Where's Leatherface? And everyone leaves the diner. Then they come back in and the baby is gone. Beale, they show her trying to hotwire a car. She's trying to hotwire and Arlie Ermey is like, hey, I'm going to go check that semi that just pulled up. 
we're going to see if Beale's in there. Mm-hmm. And it's super tense and well shot of like her trying to get the, the hot wiring to work. Oh, yeah. Arlie Ermey coming around and Chuck and I are like, no, Beale, come on, seventh heaven. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arlie Ermey opens the, the semi door. No Beale. Ah. And we're all like, ah, oh, that's a relief. Then the sheriff's car comes on and drives over Arlie Ermey. It was that car that she was hot wiring, the sheriff's oh. car. Runs runs him over, then she backs over him again, then she drives over him one more time and uh, drives away with the baby safely in the back seat. We cut back to the police footage that framed the film, that opened the film, and it's them exploring some more, exploring the house. They're like, hey, there's a bunch of water down here in the basement. And you hear a chainsaw, and then like they scream, and the camera falls over, and the movie ends. Yes. All cops become chilly. So this was, you know, this one is way more of a, let's make, you know, let's do a reboot to the first one and give it a little bit of the story. And I think that the baby thing was supposed to hit a little bit harder yeah. because she was supposed to be pregnant yes. and the guy didn't care. Basically, yeah. her boyfriend really didn't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's the, when the, the, like I saw the actual cut scene and she's like, did you ever wonder why I didn't drink in Mexico and I didn't smoke this pot? And he's like, not really. And she's like... Uh, She's like, it's because I'm pregnant. And like, he just kind of doesn't care. But that's the only, that's the only thing that they ever really do that was referencing it. And it was cut out of the movie. Why did they cut it? Um, I don't know. Maybe they felt like it was unnecessary and it just felt like it just never was paid off in any yeah, way. It wasn't. Um, you know, but yeah, that part is great when they kind of do the bait and switch of which car she's hot wiring or which car he's about to open the door of. Do you remember? Did you yeah. say, did you say yeah. that, the bait yeah. and switch thing? Yeah. Kind of a silence of the lambs moment there. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing now, like we didn't do the facts thing that we always do. Oh yeah. Remember I was like, yeah. we have to make sure we do that. Um, and I, I got some facts. That's what I was reading for the, for the first one. I think there's probably not going to be that many for the other ones, but there's some pretty good facts. Guillermo del Toro became a vegetarian after seeing the first movie. The Which first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The first what? Texas Chainsaw Massacre, wow. 1974. Because of the, what, the table scene? Because of the butcher yeah, I think imagery? Yeah, I think that one of the things that I didn't have a handle on before this, I saw the series was the fact that um, the movie is really, the movies are really like, really subtly like, we cut up animals, we put them on hooks, we take out their, we take their heads off, we do all this stuff. This family is used to that as like old farm boys and they just kind of took that to humans. And I think there is like a subtle question of like, how different is that? I I see. You know what I mean? There's a little bit, there's a little bit of that. They never really hit that over the head. Um, but they definitely, that's part of it. And as the movies continue on, which we'll see in a minute, that's kind of where they go with the, with the direction of the movie, um, a little bit more. Um, the film was originally banned in Finland, the original 1974, but after 25 years, it was released. Um, the gas station the kids stop at was bought from the family of the original owners and is being renovated and turned into a Texas Chainsaw Massacre horror campground. Nice. The new owner is in the process of finding and purchasing as many original or contemporary period pieces for the resort. The owner is Roy Rose. He's putting together a restaurant, music venue, and overnight cabin. The film's original distributor uh, was Bryanston Distribution, which turned out to be a mafia front operated by Louis Pereno, who used the movie to launder profits he made from Deep Throat in 1972. Damn. In return, the production received only enough money to reimburse the investors and pay the cast and crew $405 a piece. 
The producers eventually discovered that Perino had lied to them about the film's profits after he was arrested on obscenity charges when his role in Deep Throat was revealed. The cast and crew filed suit against him and were awarded $25,000 each. New Line Cinema, which obtained the rights to the film from the now bankrupt Bryanston, paid off the cast and crew as part of the purchase agreement. Hmm. Um, this is the last one I have. Toby Hooper allowed Gunnar Hansen to develop Leatherface as he saw fit. That was the guy that played it in the original movie. Under his supervision. Hansen decided that Leatherface was mentally handicapped and never learned how to talk properly, so he went to a school for the mentally handicapped and watched them and how they moved and listened to them talk to get a feel for the character. You're saying this is the original actor? The original. Yes. He also tried his best to make his portrayal as non-offensive as he could. Many fans, including those who are mentally handicapped, say he succeeded. Wow. I don't know who reported this. <laughs> yeah. But I find it to be a dubious fact at best. Citation needed. <laughs> Citation needed. Um, so I'd say that the reboot from 2003 was fine. And it really fit in with a lot of the horror movies at the time. It just kind of looked slick. It had a good uh, feel of like it's supposed to be emulating that 1970s look and feel in Texas where it's very yellow and brown and gold. Mm -hmm. Um, Arlie Army did a really good job, I think. What do you think? No, I agree. He was great. But again, not much of a story. And it was more for someone who's just like, I love horror movies. I'd love for them to return to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and make a scary movie. And that's what they did. And for the first time, I think they probably succeeded in making something that was uh, in the spirit and also like well done for people who are fans of the genre. But it definitely doesn't like elevate it and turn it into like, wow, we're reinvested in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just, oh, they made a new version of the original. Yeah. And I'd call this at least the fourth continuity, if not the fifth. That's if we're saying that somehow the McConaughey one was a sequel to three. Um, which it definitely was not. Um, so I'd say the fifth continuity is here below. But get Jeez. ready. Because we're so for the So first- where <laughs> we at? I just want to gauge the room real quick. Where are we at in, in terms of enjoyment level in, the, in these first five films? I think now we're really realizing what we're in for at this point when we're watching the fifth one. I uh, you know I like Jessica Biel so I was okay with five. I thought yeah I thought this this one was not like terrible but I realized we're just going to be seeing the same story every single movie because every single one is a version of the same thing here's some innocent teens or people and they come across a crazy family you get a couple of hints and a couple of scary moments here's dinner and that's it that you know it's what like I mean? a series of set pieces sewn together yeah yeah i mean this one this one doesn't have the dinner right brad no no it doesn't have the dinner but it has like the the uh crescendo of of this family is fucked up um, but yeah, it's the, it's the same. It's exactly. It's the same set pieces. It's the same kind of loose structure. It's almost like Home Alone. I always found Home Alone to be a little bit strange where it's like, oh, this movie's about mm-hmm. a boy separated from his family on Christmas. And then the last... You know, there, there. I'm sorry, there was a dinner scene, but it wasn't nearly as long or yeah, important. Yeah, it, it as, was like small. Yeah. Um, Home Alone, and then it's like the last 15 to 20% are like this orgy of violence. And it's a weird movie where the whole movie is this story. And that's the conclusion, which really doesn't have much yeah. to do with before it. And it's almost like if they made, a, like, if every Home Alone, which Home Alone 2 actually is pretty similar in terms of that ratio, but at least it's a story. If they were just like, yeah, we got to get, uh, you know, Christmas, Christmas time, someone separated, uh, then like a bunch of traps for these burglars. It's kind of the same structure as that. And after I really got into film, I realized how weird Home Alone is. Like, 
Why does that happen at the end of Home Alone? Where is that hinted towards? Like, where does it come from? It's so bizarre. Yeah, I felt the same way. Because I watched Home Alone, I think, last year for the first time in many years. (laughs) And I was just surprised at how much of it is kind of just a straight up, it's a wonderful life kind of traditional Christmas movie. Right. Yeah. And then... It's only really what the last twenty five percent of it. Not even, yeah. It probably it's pro- it probably comes in. I'd say maybe twenty minutes before the ending, right? Of a of a ninety five minute movie, yeah. Um, so maybe twenty five percent, yeah. But uh, I honestly, it's weird because I do love Home Alone, and I think that the scenes are really well done. I think that it feels great. It's almost like a perfect Christmas movie to me. But it it is like it's one of those things where like okay, the ending product is great. Let's back up. How was this pitched? Yeah. Who, who? Where was the idea of like, let's make the last 20 minutes completely out of character for the rest of the movie? Because the rest of it, there's no slapstick comedy. No. There's no injuries, you know? I mean, there, uh, uh, there's some slapstick, I yeah. guess, because there's the BB gun. And the cop on the ice. The cop on the ice. There's, well, then there's the, uh, you know, the train, the, the fake party in the house is kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, but, it, but it is like that where it's like, it's like this, this ratio of people finding out, you know, people... They find out there's a family, some gross things happen, then like big kind of crescendo of like, you find out they're so disgusting, can you believe it? There's a dinner scene, grandpa's sucking on me. Like grandpa's always kind of the the cherry on top of the sundae oh, of yeah. the dinner scene. And uh, they just keep trying to redo it. And I think this time is the first time they successfully say, let's take that formula and do it again. Right. And I'm sure the movie made money. You know, I'm sure that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the reboot... The Jessica um, Biel one was was you know sufficiently successful, um, and this is when when Texas when uh, reboots were kind of starting to be common. Yes, um, it said it grossed seven one hundred and seven million dollars at the box office. Um, I don't see how much it cost, but I'm sure that that yeah, it was not it was budget. not a fifty million dollar film. No, the, the budget was yeah. nine point five, and it yeah. made one hundred and seven. Right. Wow. So That's it was pretty good. Yes, it was definitely a uh, a success, which warranted. A the, sequel. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 6, subtitle The Beginning. Yes. The Beginning? Mm-hmm. Yep. I wrote <laughs> Jeepers Creeps. <laughs> that was more about my mindset going into this film. Because, yes. you know, I said we watched one and two on a Saturday, three and four on a Wednesday. We watched five and six on the following Saturday. Yes. Mm. So within the span Slog. of, you know, 172 hours, we saw six Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. A woman dies giving birth in a slaughterhouse. Uh, because her boss wouldn't let her leave, and the baby is left by a dumpster and later adopted. 30 years later, that baby is Thomas Hewitt, a.k.a. Leatherface. The slaughterhouse (laughs) shuts down. Leatherface, who had been working there, is fired, and not in a graceful way. He murders his boss, the American dream. Uh, That's a Simpsons reference. Uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And takes a chainsaw as he goes. Now, this part, just to expand it, it seems like all he knows how to do is like pound meat. Cut that meat. Cut meat. And like, this is really where they pound in like slaughterhouse can make a, you know, this could be where a killer would be comfortable. Ah. You know what I mean? Uh, The real sheriff shows up to try and arrest him, but is killed by Arlie Ermey, who then just assumes the role of sheriff because I guess the sheriff never met with anyone else ever. So you find out in this movie that Arlie Arlie Army was never really the sheriff in the one before it. He just killed the sheriff and took his uniform. Ah, I see. You see him like putting it on. He's like, I'm a big man or whatever. And his wife is like, you ain't no big man. Like that. Yep. Wow. Have you spent time in Texas recently? (laughs) 
You ain't no big man. <laughs> uh, two brothers and their girlfriends are driving across Texas to enlist for Vietnam. One is going to re-up and one is going to sign up for the first time. Uh, the dark hair one is re-enlisting. It's played by Matt Bomer, who is on some USA show. Wait, so this is this is not this present is, day. No, this is this is because this, uh, this is the, the Se- beginning. Seventy yeah. four. Yeah. Okay. Ish. Um, the other light hair isn't going to enlist at all and doesn't want to tell his brother. Uh, they go to a diner and encounter a biker gang. Uh, one biker follows them and tries to murder them, unclear why, but they get in a car accident instead. Jordana Brewster, playing one of the girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Jordana uh, is, Brewster. She's, she's in uh, uh, Fast and Furious. Yeah, she's uh, Paul Walker's girl in Fast and Furious. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is thrown clear of the accident uh, and is okay, but hides in a Jeep uh, for some reason. The boyfriends and the Jeep are taken to the murder house. The non, they, uh, the the two guys are like tied up in a in a garage of some sort, and uh, the non-enlister has to admit that he's not going to enlist. Arlie Ermy, not happy with this news, makes him do push-ups, and uh, you know, Arlie Ermy telling you how to do push-ups, and he's like pushing Traumatic his back, experience. And, yeah. Um, Jordana meets up with the biker's boyfriend out in the woods, and they set out to rescue their pals, not knowing that biker girlfriend has been murdered and chopped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, girl 2, non-Jordana girl, almost escapes, but is meat-hooked and brought back into the house. Biker boyfriend gets the drop on R. Lee Ermy, but is killed by Leatherface. Jordana finds her boyfriend in the basement, but can't get him free. The boyfriend is murdered, and his face is skinned. Jordana wants to leave, but hears the other girl screaming. She tries to help her friend and gets caught. Uh, at some point, Arlie Ermey tells uh, the, the old man in the house, like, hey, you did a bad job. So he brings in Leatherface to cut the guy's legs off. And that's why he's an amputee in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 5 in the Ugh. Jessica Biel one, mm-hmm. because Leatherface cut off the legs. Um, all three, non the non-enlister, the other girl, and Jordana Brewster are at a dinner scene. The other girl has her throat slit. Jordana jumps out a window to get away. Uh, the non-enlister somehow also gets away. They go to a slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordana was doing okay. Non-enlister gets murdered with a chainsaw. Jordana gets in a car and drives away, but then Leatherface is revealed in the backseat and he chainsaws Jordana Brewster to death. Six, I, I don't want to say it was my least favorite, but I didn't enjoy watching it because it was a prequel to a movie that, you know... It felt so long. It felt like we were going nowhere. It just felt so similar and so... Like you, 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 you know that all the antagonists are going to survive. Yes. Uh, Leatherface, Arlie Ermy. Yes. Half leg guy, other woman, and it's just a matter of like, let's see how the you know the innocent tweens, uh, teens and tweens get slaughtered. And mm-hmm. it really, it was, yeah. it was, it was not a great film. Yeah. <laughs> Especially watching it back to back with part five. Yeah, it was. This one was one of the worst, like the sloggiest slogs of all the of all the movies. Um. And it was really, really tough to watch. Yeah, I just felt I felt the same way. It was tough. And it, it, in this part, we were like, "All right, that's six of them," and you know, there's two more, and we're just like, we just got to claw to the end of this. Now we realize there's never going to be a continuity like thing, or we're like, we're going to see more about this. Really, we're just kind of going to continue to get rehashes of this thing. I will say, five and six are their own continuity. Yes, that's uh, true. And the, the the reboot and the prequel to the reboot. Yes. Um, but they they don't rely on anything like the the Hewitt name is different than the Sawyer name, and, mm-hmm. um, but they're their own thing. Mm-hmm. So, so there's the, nothing really that from this movie that you would 
can highlight as like okay that was it just seems informative like, or it just seems like the same it seems like the same movie that they made before with like they were they were like oh how about we say this is how he became sheriff how about we say this is how the guy lost his legs how about we say leatherface was a butcher before he did this and in all the other movies there's like you know pigs and uh cow carcasses and stuff like that like yeah. hanging from meat hooks so you kind of get that idea but in this they really show that that's like the only life he knew i guess mm-hmm. um but yeah i would say there's not really anything super redeeming about this no i'd, I'd agree um and you know i love jordana uh but mm-hmm. beal was a little more charming mm-hmm. in part five yes so do you have facts uh, uh not yeah, really okay. i have i mean uh i'm kind of collecting them retroactively now okay so not really no all right uh seven seven we're almost there below this one is called texas. someone just saw me in half <laughs> this one's called texas chainsaw 3d yes oh okay <laughs> now you're gonna you're, you're not gonna believe this I'll, t- I'll give it i'll tell Do them. it my favorite two of these of the series were texas chainsaw massacre 2 the one that was kind of fun with dennis hopper mm-hmm. and the one that we're about to talk about wow Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we pick up at the end of the original Texas Chain Space Saw Massacre. So, so the original film. Yeah, and it basically, throughout the opening credits, it shows the first movie, the actual footage from it. Ah. And it kind of gives you a quick version of all the kills. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We pick up where the first movie ended, ignoring the voiceover that ended the first movie that said that no one was apprehended uh, because a sheriff... Uh, shows up to confront the house that is now full of killers, like an extended family, uh, extended Sawyer family. And uh, they, they say, we just want, I think, Jed, who is Leatherface. Just send him out. We know he's the one that did the killer, the killings. And the dad is like, you know what? Okay, we'll send you out Jed. And so they're, they're agreeing to surrender peacefully. But then a posse shows up from, t- from town and they're like, y'all are terrible. Except they said it like a Texas voice, like Chuck would do. Yeah, Chuck, yeah. Let's, get, let's hear and it. it. And it, <laughs> he'd be like, hey, we won't put up with this no more. Y'all are terrible. So yeah, what's, coo- what's cool is like when they show like... Are you show, originally from Texas? They show all the scenes from the first one. And then it's this real, like it's like a, it's almost like a GoPro shot, but it was, you know, it's not a GoPro on the side of a police car pulling up to the house. And you're like, holy shit, like this is going to take place and this is going to happen like right now. And it's really exciting. They, they yeah. shoot it in this really exciting way and it shows the family inside. Now, remember Chop Top, who I told you eventually went on to play Otis in Devil's Rejects? He's playing the chili cook-off dad in this one. Mm-hmm. Just because he kind of looks like him and he does look yeah. like him in this and it's also made, you know, 30 years later. Right. Um, and so, yeah, a, a whole mob pulls up behind him and like the sheriff is a good guy. He's yeah. kind of like... Just send out this guy. This town can't look the other way on this kind of stuff. And he says something like, anymore. Yeah. So they, they know uh, that the family's fucked up. But then this crazy mob shows up. Le, you know, led by one guy. I think his name is Hartman. It's probably like 15 to 20 people. Yeah. And uh, they shoot the shit out of that house. And they like throw bottles. And then they, then they throw some the Molotovs. Yeah, the mob. Yeah, the mob. Oh. Is like, we're f- and they're like, we're done with this family. You've been terrorizing this community. And and it shows everybody in the house getting like shot. Like the grandmother is like shot in the face. And the da- the chili cook-off dad is like killed. Everyone is fucking murdered. Yep. Except. Except one woman and a baby. And she, her face is all burned. And it, what it does, it sh- what it shows is all these people getting shot. And it shows, just like in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the big metal door. Yep. That Leatherface was behind. 
They, uh, they, I missed they, the big metal. Yeah, it was, well, it was the, the original one where uh, he came out and bopped the guy with the head. What, what Brad said was there was a sliding door, yeah. and he meant it was so like basically like a big door. metal like butcher's or, or refrigerator door yeah. that slid, and that's where Leatherface was doing all his chopping. Remember he had a girl in the freezer? Yes. That's yeah. where it was. So it just shows the door, and it shows the rest of the family getting murdered yeah and so the house, she's protected behind this uh, uh no, you, no we 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 the, now the mob is like going through the ashes and like confirming that all these corpses are there and all, all uh, it shows is the door it doesn't show anyone yeah. is necessarily behind it but right. it gives you an ominous shot of the door and you don't see leatherface get killed right is i guess what the way to put it okay uh so this mom uh wearing a, a a stylized necklace like a circle with an s in it or something yes um they, the, the scene is awesome. Yeah. Let's let's just say that. It's yeah. not like done, you know, you got to think this is like almost like current horror movie. Yeah. So it's not done with any level of cheese. It's done like very seriously and you're like, you're really wrapped up in it. I felt, yeah. I felt very yeah. wrapped up in it and you're like, holy shit, like what is this story going to be? Are we finally going to get a story is yes. the real question that this poses. Yes. So the woman and her necklace uh, holding this baby, they're confronted by one of the members of the mob mm-hmm. uh, and he takes the baby and kicks her in the head, and that's the final blow that kills her. And he then he runs to his truck where his wife is waiting, and he's like, hey, hey, I got this baby. Hey, we're going to steal this baby. And she's like, okay, let's steal the baby. And uh, then he runs back to, like, get his picture taken, and this picture is in the newspaper of, like, town burns down Sawyer's house or whatever. And what's cool is it starts showing the newspaper, and it starts doing a slow pan on yep. all the faces of yep. all the mob. And you're like, and I'm real, I'm putting this together, I'm like, you're supposed to remember these guys' faces. For some reason, and I don't know why yet. Yep. And so I was, I was, I was sucked in, and me, yep. I was like, I, was, I remember I was like clapping. I'm like, this one's gonna be good. This one's gonna be good. So keep going, Brad. We jump forward in time, an undetermined Wait, so amount. I just want to be clear. Yep. So only the baby is su- supposed to have survived. Yeah, we, and, we, and we didn't we, see Leatherface die. We did not find. Yeah, we did not see Leatherface's body. All okay. we saw was the metal door. Yep. Which, yes. You know, which could maybe be protected from bullets. Right. Where we knew Leatherface spent his time. I see. Um, And the baby, so we jump forward an undetermined amount of time, either 20 years or 40 years. And the reason I say that is because it seems like, all right, the original took place in, in, let's call it 1973. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, a song plays in the movie that was released in 2012 or something like that. And you're like, oh, okay, uh, that would be 40 years in the future, but, you know, character ages don't line up. So it's undetermined, but, you know, let's assume that it was meant to be in 2012, just in terms of technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's current to the time around that. All right. Uh, we see someone slicing up meat. It is Alexandra Daddario, Hollywood, uh, probably an A-lister. She's been in a bunch of films. Mm-hmm. She's she's uh, she's an attractive woman who's also an actress. Yes. Um She's a butcher. Uh, she also, uh, like her friend, who was Alex and Lost, is like, hey, I met your boyfriend's friend, and uh, he's really great. He's going to come to New Orleans with us. And Alexandra is like, cool. And she goes home, hangs out with her boyfriend, Trey Songs. And really? uh, yeah, they uh, they do a little smooching. Uh, he gets her shirt off. We, oh. she, we see she has a scar just above her boob. Ooh, and so then Chuck and I oh. made 100 jokes about babies having boobs. <laughs> Like, He's like, like <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little bit weird to see a baby 
and they have a scar, and then later you see the scar on a boob. You're like, that baby didn't have boobs. Like, it's kind of weird. You know what Jeff I mean? Jeff was like, do babies have boobs? I'm like, well, they have torsos. <laughs> but it's weird because you got to think if a baby's torso is so little and the thing was scarred, it wouldn't be the same size. It would not. It just, you know, it's yeah. it's tough for a scar to line up from when you're like a six month old to when you're a well endowed 25 year old woman. Can we, uh, can we move on? <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote down. I wrote down. She has a mark on her boob. A lot of room for marks there. <laughs> She uh, so she she and Trey songs are, are smooching and there's a, a doorbell and it's a FedEx uh, envelope and she it's it's a will it's someone's will and she has been bequeathed a house from a grandparent she didn't know she had so she confronts her parents the people from the mob uh, the not not like the mafia mob but the mob at the mm-hmm. beginning of the film and she didn't know she was adopted and they're like we adopted you for your own good you came from a shit heap and. Uh, and so she is, you know, disturbed. So she and Trey Songs and their friends, Fake Chuck and Alex from Lost. Fake Chuck, he kind of looked like Chuck, but that was the the band's uh, boyfriend. Um, the other, the uh, the other boy. Uh, they're going to drive to New Orleans, but they agree to stop in Texas on the way to check out like this estate that's been left for Alexandra Daddario. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they're stopping for gas at a rainstorm. They pick up a hitchhiker who is not a psycho. Seems like a normal guy, Hawaiian shirt offers them money for gas, uh, and he's along for the ride. So the next- Why'd you m- mention the Hawaiian shirt? Uh, I don't know. Just uh, that's how I Only think Only two kind of guys. Yes. <laughs> um, so he, uh, the, the Alex from Lost changes shirts in the car, and everyone's like, it's "Just her, it's, that's her bra. That's okay. We're not going to comment on that. Um, Chuck and I commented on that too. Anyway, um, get to the house. I'm just saying, when we say he's not a psycho, like he didn't cut himself, he didn't light anything on fire, and he didn't shoot himself. So really, as far as hitchhikers in this yeah, the series bar's go, set pretty low. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> they get there. The house is. Uh, they meet with a lawyer outside the house. He says, "Here's the, here's all the keys, big metal keys. Here's an, uh, a letter from your grandmother that she really wants you to read. And here's this other thing. Oh, the code for the door is 0819. Best to remember that as a date." And you're like, okay, we know what happened on August 19th. We know that that was the date from the first movie. Right. Um, so they get in, they check out the house, and it's amazing. But there's like the dining room table is like fully set with china and everything, and there's art all over so the place. So it's pristine. It's, it's not. It's yeah. It's it's well, well kept, and uh, you know the nice, a nice, super nice kitchen, and and, and all you, that. And you can you kind of feel like they're like you expect a house in this family. Bones everywhere. Yeah. Bone yeah. chandelier. Chandelier. Bone television. Eyebone 11. But this house is just a very nice house. So you're kind of like, you're a little bit thrown. Obviously, you know that she's the baby with the scar because she has the scar and that this grandmother left her a house and you know that she's part of this family. But you enter this house and you're like, okay, well, what is the story going to be? Because yeah. this obviously isn't the house that we expect it to be. Mm-hmm. Nice little twist there. Subverting yeah. expectations. So they, uh, they're like, oh, let, you know what? Let's stay here for the night. Let's go get groceries and we'll cook here and uh, hang out and just enjoy this house that now belongs to our friend Alexandra. Uh, and, you know, and the hitchhiker's like, you know what? I'll get everything set up. I'll stay here. Uh, you guys go get food. And so they leave to go get food, uh, you know, drive out through the gate, whatever. And the hitchhiker's like, I can't believe they left me here, those suckers. Turns out he's a thief. Uh, and he's like putting silverware and candlesticks and everything in his bag. Yep. And uh, what does he do? The combination. Well, he has the key. And so he's like, ah, oh, this secret back room. Oh, I'll use the key to go down these ominous stairs. It's a big sliding metal door. If only he had seen the previous films. Yeah. 
So he goes downstairs. There's a door that's locked. He's trying to get, trying to get behind it, trying to get behind it. Bopped on the head by Leatherface. I know. I, I was surprised as well. <laughs> with, with the hammer? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure. Uh, the teens come sure, back. Sure, yeah. <laughs> the teens come back. They're upset that things have been stolen, but fake Chuck is preparing food. And uh, he's like, hey, guys, there's a butler's kitchen here. And he's like, oh, there's a door open. Yeah, and so now you realize, like, like he had that huge key to open the door, and now it's just open. And you uh, kind of get the idea of, like, wait a minute. Is this where he lived? Like, what is the deal? Okay. So the butler's thing is open. Yes. So wait. So fake Chuck yep. goes downstairs. He goes downstairs. He goes down the and he's like, hey, did you guys know I have, I'm in a band? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say that? Is that my voice? Hey, guys. Hey, I've out. never heard that as my impression of me. Check hey, out. hey, guys. What's up? Hey. Well, I mean, the raspiness is I, <laughs> for flavor. <laughs> because it's a horror movie. Exactly. Yeah. He, uh, he finds Leatherface and he gets meat hooked. Just hung oh. up on a meat hook. Yep. That's pretty. Uh, it's disturbing, by the way. I didn't mention that. But the, the, the idea of the meat hook. Yeah. Is it, is it pretty grotesque? Uh, in later movies, it, in the first movies, it's not. The first, like, let's say three or four, whenever they do it, because it's like those, you know, gore from the yeah. 80s and 70s. But the new ones, they do one. I think it was in the Beale one or the follow-up to the Beale one, where they put a guy in a hook and they really, really focus on it. And he tries to, and she tries to help him get off yeah. of it. And they can't get his weight off of it. Yeah. yeah. She drops him and it goes back on and he screams. And it's it's pretty disturbing yeah. at Ugh. those points. Um. He's meat meat hooked. Uh, Daddario is like looking through her grandmother's uh, like closet, and she finds the necklace. And she also like just as a little Easter egg, she finds the outfit that the that she was wearing in the first film, like from the first film. Mm. I think the Sally Hardesty outfit. And uh, you know, just kind of is like you know interested in her family history. Uh, mm. Trey Songs is playing pool. And uh, has the music up really loud. That's the the uh, Ti song from 2012 or whatever. Um, and uh, so he can't hear any of the ruckus anywhere else in the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alex from Lost is on the porch getting high. So then Alex from Lost comes in. She's like, "Trey songs, Trey songs. Like, there's something in the barn. You have to see it. It's so freaky." Uh, and she, uh, sorry, when they're at the store, she grabbed oh, yeah. t- grabbed his uh, his weenus. And she's like, "Hey, like, let's let's have some sex." And he's oh like, "I God. can't do that to Daddario." Yeah, because he's dating Daddario, and so she's saying, "Like, yeah, well, come on, yeah, yeah. we did it that time." And he's like, "It was oh. one time. It was a mistake. It can't happen again." Yes, and, so they have a, a, right. a checkered history. Yeah. So she, uh, so Alex from Lost is like, "Please come out to the barn. Please protect me." They go out to the barn. She's like, "It's under that. It's under that pail. It's under whatever." And he takes it, and it's you know, Chuck called it correctly bottle of wine and i think uh, some food or something I, I could tell there was a there was a bucket and she's like look under the bucket look under the bucket i go bottle of wine he opens it bottle of wine yeah wow i was pretty proud of that yeah and uh so you know she's she's gonna seduce him uh in the house daddario realizes what's going on uh starts freaking out runs out she's menaced by leatherface mm-hmm. uh fake chuck still alive at this point mm-hmm. nope not anymore mm-hmm. cut in half with a chainsaw but yep. you know horizontally across Ooh. the waist mm-hmm. uh his guts fall out uh daddario runs away and uh leatherface chases her uh she gets outside she's screaming uh trey songs and alex and daddario hop into the van to drive away they're driving to the gate they can't get it open in time so he's like i'm gonna ram it i'm gonna ram it and he crashes into the gate and it doesn't give it doesn't open it's so awesome because he's chasing him and it's like fast 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 and he's like let's do it they all and you expect him to go through and it just fucking hits it and stops and it was like it was another Oof. subversion of expectations yeah and, and and at this point 
we're really into this story. Yeah. Like, it's cool. And they, they, you've already said they went to town and the sheriff and everything. Oh no, sorry. When they when they went okay. into town, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they meet uh, like a, a young handsome cop. When they went like, shopping and everything. Yeah, I, I maybe yeah. Yes, yes, right when they left, the, the when they left yeah. the thief and the yeah. thief started robbing yep, the house. Yep. Uh, young handsome cop is like, "Hey, Dario, new in town, huh?" And she's like, "Yeah, I just inherited this house." And he's like, "Cool. Well, if you need anything, like, oh, use these cedar chips for your barbecue because they'll taste better." Yeah, uh, and he's like a good guy. He's yeah. like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. But then, you, did you tell him about the older sheriff? Uh, the older sheriff is is the is the same sheriff from the beginning. The honest guy who who almost got Leatherface. Right to uh, you right. know to to come on in yes and we learn that the mayor of the town the mayor of the town is the leader of the mob from the beginning of the film remember how they showed all the oh. slow things yeah. so the main guy that was like we've let this family do enough blah 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 that they show kind of in that beginning he's become the mayor yeah and so and, when and they're in oh, town I, I guess I should have said at you know when they burned down the house and the sheriff's like you can't do that. The, the guy who would eventually be mayor is like, eye for an eye. It, you know, it's part of the good book. Can't argue with the good book. Yeah, he goes, can't mm-hmm. argue with the good book, an eye for an eye, because yeah. they yeah. were killing people. And so he's the sheriff of the town. And when they're in town, Daddario, the girl, yep. the mean girl with the, the scar boob, he's like, he's like, what are you, you know, who are you? What are you doing here? And, she's, and she tells him, we, I, you know, I inherited this house from my grandmother. And he said, he's like, you don't want that house. He's like, I'll buy that house from you right now. How much do you want for it? And she's like, oh, sorry, it's not for sale. And she kind of leaves him. And he's like the upset. Mayor. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you know that he's like kind of a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, yeah. So anyway, so that's set up that there's yeah. the mayor is the guy that was leading the mob. The sheriff is the cop from the beginning who kind of tried to stop the mob. Yes. And you know that there's a new young cop who doesn't really know, doesn't seem to know anything about this. He, and he wa- seems like a good guy. He wants to give Dario the business. Yeah, but not in a, not in a bad yeah, way, in yeah. a fun way. He, yeah, he's just like, oh, she's pretty and I'm I'm handsome, yeah, so like, why yes, not? Yes, not mm-hmm. in a not in a lecherous way. Yeah. Right. Um, so they crash into the gate. Uh, Trey Songs is trying to get things, re- trying to get the, the van restarted. Leatherface is coming with a chainsaw. Restart, finally get the van started. They drive through the gate. And uh, Leatherface chases them out and chainsaws through their back left tire. Which is awesome. Oh, it was so really good. Really well done. It was so good because uh, I, I know, and the, that's actually smart. And normally they would just be like, blah, blah, blah. But they, he just chainsawed through the tire. And it's great. The shot is great. It stays on Leatherface. And he's in, in focus. And the van, and the tries van drives to drive away. away. Yep. And it goes like all crazy. And it's all out of focus. And it just flips over. And the shot just stays right there. It doesn't move. It's yeah. the van flips over in the in the background out of focus, and he's just standing there, and he starts walking towards the or towards the van. Oof. Awesome. Uh, Trey Songs died in the crash. Yes. Oh, uh, come on. Yep. Yep. Uh, Alex from Lost is hurt. Daddario gets out and runs away. Excuse me, runs away to go find help. Yeah. She gets to town and reports the whole thing to the police. Uh, so she's in like uh, you know a room where they're like, here's some new clothes for you. Uh, the young cop is like, hey, here's the, like all the case file stuff we have on like your family or whatever. And this part is so great. And uh, so she's like looking through old newspaper clippings and learning about like what happened. That, and it, like, has, it has like this whole montage of like the family taken down by this. And she's realizing that this is her family and there's the picture and she's the baby. Yeah. And it says like angry mob and it has all the words as the mayor is talking to the cop and being like, we got to take them all down. We got to take him down and we got to take her down. The ma- basically, the mayor is talking about taking her out. Right. Because he does. He wants the family to be like to just done. wipe out the whole gene pool. Yep. Exactly. Um, so then we have a tough guy cop back examining the crash site. He's like, there's no one here. 
Yes, just this is like a new character. He's yeah. not really important. He's yeah. just a different. He's just a different cop. Yeah, this okay. part's cop. great too. And the and the the sheriff is like, stay there. We'll send someone else out. And he's like, ah, I see footprints and a blood trail. I'm going to follow it. And the the sheriff's like, don't. And he's like, nope, got to do this. And the mayor's like, yeah, do it. So he gets back, you know, he's like, ah, the gate's smashed. And and he's like, I'm concerned about what's good. So he investigates, but they have him on like FaceTime or whatever the 2013 equivalent was. So he's video chatting. So the mayor and the sheriff are watching this cop's feed. Yes. And so he walks into the house and there's a significant blood trail going all the way through the house, down the stairs, and uh, you see it. And, and so he's in this room and he's, you know, understandably apprehensive again. Should have waited for backup. He opens a freezer. Alex from Lost sits up and screams, and he freaks out and shoots her in the head. Yes, and it's Ooh. fucking awesome. He just he just shoots her, and you're like, oh my god. And he's like, fuck, fuck, and he's like, you know, upset that he killed someone yeah, by accident. Yeah. It's a great part of the movie, yeah, because it almost like takes the idea of like you know like the fake scare they do in Hall in Hall in movies to like keep the tensions up, but really it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. This is like that, but it actually was something terrible, you know? And the mayor and the mayor is watching it. He's like, don't worry about it. Didn't happen. Yeah. And you can, so you're kind of further getting this idea that this mayor is just a piece of shit who does whatever he wants. And so uh, tough guy cop goes upstairs, he loses, loses the video feed, goes upstairs, killed by Leatherface. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daddario, uh, who has now left the police station, uh, she wrote the word murderers on the, uh, on the, yeah. newspaper they, they go to they go to the room to get her and they're like hey and they open the door and she's gone and they look at the mur- the newspaper and she just wrote murderers over the entire mm. newspaper which was i was like that's fucking awesome so she's kind of on the run she calls the lawyer and she's like hey i want to talk about my family can we meet and he's like yeah it's a half mile west so they meet at this bar and you see the bartender call somebody and in fact it may have been like you hear him say yeah she's here yeah and uh, so the lawyer gives the backstory of like, hey, this is your family, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Verna, who was your grandmother, had nothing to do with it. Blah, blah. She wasn't there. Um, I don't know what's going on. And then the mayor and a, a cop or two come in and Daddario takes like a steak knife. And the lawyer's like, just go, just go out the back door. I'll slow him down. And so she leaves out the back door. And uh, I think they punch the lawyer or knock him over or something, something mean to him. Yeah. And Daddario gets out, and she's, like, trying to escape through the town, and the handsome young cop shows up. And he's like, oh, no. And like, this, is, this is before the carnival scene? Yes. Okay. Carnival scene. Oh, is... Uh, no, I'm sorry. She was, she was fleeing from Leatherface after the car accident, and there was a carnival in town. Damn it. I can't believe I left that out. Yeah. So, uh, basically... She, like, climbs the fence and gets into a, a carnival... She runs through the woods yep. when the car is like when Trey Songs is dead and Leatherface is chasing her now because Trey Songs is dead. She runs through the woods, she climbs a fence, and there's a carnival. So this is before she gets to town yes. after the car yeah. accident. Before yes. before she meets up with the police. This is how yes. she got to the police station. Yes. And so but there's like a haunted house. So there's oh, kind of some people no. scaring. There's actually it's actually a reference to Saw. They have a guy dressed up in the big black robe and the and the pig mask, and he's scaring people, and Leatherface runs in. And so some people are kind of slowly realizing that Leatherface is real. So this is an active carnival. It's an active carnival. And he runs up to her and she runs and she and she runs up to this like Ferris wheel and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know where to go. So she grabs the edge of a uh, like a cart and it starts going up. And so she gets away from him, but she's like scared, scared, scared. 
Then it starts coming down and he slowly walks over to the other side. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And it keeps coming down. And handsome young cop confronts Leatherface. Yes. And he tries to shoot him, but Leatherface throws a chainsaw at him. And, and throws? Runs. And yeah. the thing is, since it's 3D, it like, it's the camera shot is a thing coming. And me and Brad are both like, ah! We just jumped yeah. out of the way of it. Because yeah. uh, that's what you're supposed to do in the movie theater. I, I wanted to ask you, I was going to hold that. But yeah. since you brought it up, 3D. The, the 3D elements of it, do the, sometimes you know what? when you're watching it, not in 3D, it definitely detracts from the experience. And yes. Sometimes it, it's just a novelty. I got to say, there's only two shots in this that really screamed 3D at me, right? Yeah. It was this, and then there was one where the chainsaw is coming at you. Like, it was through something, and it was really good. Um, but those are the only two shots I really right. felt like I'm like, I even thought about the fact that it's 3D. Yeah, we definitely, you know, and, and we would occasionally make jokes about screaming and jumping out of the way and yeah. breaking everything in Chuck's house and yes. everything as we watched. And uh, so so the thing is, the young cop comes and kind of scares him away, but Leatherface gets away at that point in time. That's when she goes to the yeah. police station. Yep. Then she goes to the bar, meets up with the lawyer, and now she knows the ma- the uh, mayor is like on her tail and trying to get her. And she yeah. knows that he's kind of a bad guy. Mayor Hart. Right. Yes. And so she uh, she meets, uh, you know, the handsome young cop. Like, I, oh, one sorry. thing that we're forgetting. When he kills the cop that was in the house with the video feed, that cop was one of the people in the in the angry mob too. And after he kills him, Leatherface goes up to a wall and he has the newspaper of all the people in the mob and he scratches that face out. Oh. So he's killing everybody that yeah. was part of the mob that killed his family. Yeah. But he was he was pursuing Daddario. He was also pursuing Daddario and her friends, yes. Okay. Because they were in the house. They were in the house. So uh so yeah, handsome young cop picks her up and he's like, Oh no, you can ride my squad car, we'll drive you back to the house. And uh so she gets in the back of a squad car. And I was like, I was like, Oh, she's in the back. I was like, this yeah, she's is not in the back. good. Yep. Handsome young uh, cop starts driving and she's like, hey, this isn't the way to the house. He's like, yeah, I know. And uh, we learned that his he's, name is Officer Hartman. And he's the mayor's son. He's the oh, son of the mayor. So he's a bad guy too. Yeah. And she says. She's like, so you're a Hartman, huh? And he's like, yeah. And she takes the steak knife and jams it through the divider, like near his face, doesn't hit him. She's like, well, I'm a Sawyer. Well, I'm a Sawyer. Isn't that it's fucking like, cool. you're like, what the f-? And you're like, you're realizing they've created this allegiance. Yeah, you so it's I mean? dichotomy. Which is, which is, to me, they finally found a way to make that story go somewhere. The angry mob turns on them, kind of goes overboard in their revenge. Then years later, that kind of war is still brewing, where these people who are doing, you know, they're standing up for the victims... Now they're they're kind of like they're pieces of shit too, and like it's almost like Leatherface has a little bit of like a, a, a vendetta that you will kind of sympathize with, and now they're taking it to this innocent person, this new girl, and you even you think that they're even bigger pieces of shit, the bad guys, the Hartmans, right? Yeah, you're, you're you're gonna love where this goes. So they I go, love it. They go to a slaughterhouse because <laughs> they're gonna kill he, her. He yeah. drives her to the slaughterhouse, yep. yeah, instead of the house. Yep. Yeah, okay. they want to they want to kill her. But the, the you know the mayor yeah. and whatever they want to use her as bait first, so they tie her up. Oh, they want with, to, with her her button up flannel shirt unbuttoned. But her boobs aren't really out. Her where her boobs are, but her nipples are somehow covered. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it'd be loud. Uh, thank you for that yeah. <laughs> yeah. clarification. I just wanted you to know she wasn't topless in this movie, really. Right. Oh my god, thank they, you. The re- okay, the reason they did that, yeah, was because her scar could be her seen. Scar. Yeah, 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 that's the reason. Yeah. Well, it, it is. Le- sure, sure, Leatherface. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> 
Leatherface shows up and he is menacing her with a chainsaw and and, and, and he sees the scar on her prodigious bosom. Right. <laughs> so he goes. So he stops. He doesn't kill her. So uh, real quick, the mayor basically says, we'll bring her there. We'll lure out Leatherface and we'll kim- kill him and kill two birds with one stone. Yes. And we'll be done with this entire thing. Yep. Leatherface comes out. Yeah. He sees the scar and he kind of like stops and he realizes that she's part of his family. And I think he cuts her loose. In and fact. he cuts her loose. Yep. Mm. Because he's like, this is the last person in my family. Yeah. You know, there's a close up of his eyes and he has to act with his eyes, yeah. whatever. Uh, the mayor and a <laughs> flunky sneak up behind Leatherface, beat him up and uh, chain him up for an unnecessarily elaborate death. Basically, they're chained and the chain will slowly pull him towards a... a like a, a thrasher? A thrasher? A, a, like a, a meat grinder that happens to be on the floor. Yeah. And it's and, around his neck and it's pulling him to it. So the chain is slowly pulling him towards it. Now here's... No, so the girl is free. Yep. And it's slowly in the shadows. You see another leather face on the ground and you see a hand pick it up and put it on. The mask, you mean? <laughs> and oh, no. Two feminine hands pick up a chainsaw. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that didn't actually okay. happen. Chuck, Chuck was like, when we tell Bila, we have to tell him that Dario put on a mask. What and I'm like, what, like at, come on, weren't you like, what the fuck? <laughs> As 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 we're going through this, I'm like, I know at some point we're gonna lie to B Law about what happened, but I don't remember which part. Wouldn't that be amazing if she became uh, a Leatherface? Uh, you did get her me. cousin Leatherface. I mean, that's where we're going with the story. It's just le- we just yeah. go in a more tasteful yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the the mayor's flunky is like, oh, I'm gonna take care of some electrical stuff, and he's flipping switches and he isn't, isn't sure. And Dario sneaks up behind him. And she's like, hey, you're a jerk, or whatever she said. And she does, a, admittedly, a very weak pitchfork stab through his belly. And Chuck and I were like, that wasn't filmed well. It's, it sucks because this this moment, I actually feel like it's a really powerful, interesting thing that they've really taken the story and made you want to root against the people that were getting justice for the victims yeah. of the first movie. And I was like, this is a feat. And they did it. They did it really, really well. They didn't hit you over the head the whole time. It was kind of slow that you got pepper, you know, you get these... these Slowly turned. Yeah, you slowly got like, oh, these people are shitty. They're still shitty. They're going overboard. They're going to kill this girl that's unrelated to it just because they don't like the family. And then the sheriff is also kind of a voice of reason. He's trying to stop the mayor and all that stuff. And you get the... Who's idea. also the, the son? Uh, and then, no, the son is, the son is like, uh, this, the sheriff is like this, this guy that was in the original moment in the 1974 that tried to stop the mob. Okay. Yes. The son yes, is like yes, 25 gotcha, or something gotcha. like that. Um, but you get the information so slowly that it's really well done and you slowly turn against the people that did yeah. this to them, you know? Right. Um, it's almost like, you know, there's like those weird revenge movies yeah. where, the beginning of the movie shows a group of people do something terrible. Yes, and then the whole rest of the film. Yes, it almost is that turn on its head where yeah. it's the angry mob does that, and then you you root for Leatherface. Mm. And so when she, yeah, when she was like, I'm like, wait, she's free, and he's getting pulled into this thing. I really was like, if they had another Leatherface and she put it on and put and picked up a chainsaw, I would have like, I mean, I know it would be kind of a stupid way to do it, but I would have lost my shit. But her, yeah, so she comes over and she kills one of the cops. And it sucks that it's filmed so poorly. It seems so like weak because it's such a great moment. I was I was so sucked in, but yeah, it was weakly done. The, the pitchfork stab. Uh, ah. uh, then you know, Daddario runs over Leatherface, still slowly being pulled towards this floor-based meat grinder. Uh, she attacks the mayor and slides a chainsaw over to Leatherface, <laughs> who has managed to free himself. <laughs> well, he does with the chainsaw. Yeah. 
Uh, so she slides. She slides the chainsaw. A working train, chainsaw onto the floor. It's not his, working. It's not working. Yeah, it's, she it's, just, it's not on. It's, it's not, not on. Yeah. It's not on. Yeah. And she just slides the chainsaw and she says, she's like, do your thing, cuz. And he's like, and he turns it on and he cuts his chain. Yeah. And the mayor's like, no, 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 no. And then he, they tie up the mayor, right? Yeah. The, oh, the, the mayor, get, yeah. The mayor, they put the chain around the mayor's The sheriff neck. has arrived at this point and mm-hmm. he's like standing up on a, on a catwalk, like observing the whole thing. Yes. And uh, the mayor gets pulled closer and closer to this. Or he's backing up. He's afraid of Leatherface. And then he kind of falls into this thing and he's holding on yes. with his hands to the lip of this. Of the thresher thing that was going to be pulled, that yeah, was going to yeah, pull yeah. Leatherface into it. And uh, he's like, ah, oh, sheriff, please help me. And the he's sher- like, shoot Leatherface, kill Leatherface. And the sheriff says, eye for an eye. Can't argue with the good book. And Leatherface goes, and he cuts the guy's hands off. And so the guy goes, ah, my hands. And he falls and he slides into the thing and it kills him. And then the sheriff just says, clean this mess up. (laughs) To And to to Dario and Leatherface. (laughs) The new tag team champions. (laughs) And and they go back to the house and Leatherface goes down to the basement and he scratches off Hartman's face uh, on on the poster. And then, like, and he goes into his room. Are there any faces remaining on the poster? I know that was the last yeah. one. Okay. And uh, you know, Dario is like kind of unsure what to do, and she goes downstairs, and he had left his tray of food outside his door, and she like picks it up, and you know, it's a voiceover of the letter of like, "You're the last remaining." I think Sawyer. the sheriff said. I think the sheriff says something like, "Did you ever read the letter?" That the, you're, the, the lawyer. The, the lawyer said. The lawyer it, says, yeah. "Did you ever read the letter?" And she's like, "No." Then the voiceover begins when yeah. she reads it, and it's like this is part of your responsibility of taking over the house is that your cousin lives in the basement. You can't let him out. You have to take care of him. I'm passing this responsibility on to you. And the movie kind of ends with the idea that like, she's Leatherface's new boss or not boss, like care, care, caretaker. 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 caretaker is a better way to put it. And that he lives in the house basement and she's going to take care of him. Wow. But it was watching this movie when they did that whole turn and they did all that stuff. I was like, this was great. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, this was I. This was the best overall. Yes, Chainsaw Massacre based yeah. film. It was so good. It was. It was. Uh, it's funny because it is kind of like now that I said the tag team champions thing. Yeah. It basically is that storyline that they've done in wrestling a bunch of times. Yep. Where, yeah, someone runs in and blah blah blah. But uh, man, I I wish he put on a fucking leather mask and became a leather face too. And I, oh, that would have been. I would have loved that so much. I know you would have. All right, I got some facts. You want to hear some facts? I'd love to. Facts. All right. This fact is about uh, the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974, is what inspired Ridley Scott to make Alien. Wow. Some people have called Alien a Texas Chainsaw Massacre in space. Those people are idiots. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fact. (laughs) How is that even similar? How is is it remotely similar? That Um, is ridiculous, right? I just don't know. I've heard this was the Indiana Jones of... (laughs) Like what? A, what is similar about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien? Uh, for number three, the one that was with that was like the one one of the ones we liked the least. Kane Hodder, who played Jason in many Jason movies, was a stunt coordinator in this movie. Oh. He also played uh, Leatherface and the trailer. New Line, which did a lot of the horror movies, picked up the rights of the series, hoping that if successful, Leatherface would replace their soon-to-be-completed Nightmare on Elm Street series. Oh. The box office's appointment of this film caused New Line to let their option on the material expire. Meaning, uh, you know, someone else must have, I guess, Columbia eventually. Mm-hmm. The opening scene in which Leatherface creates a new flesh mask is an homage to A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Freddy is seen creating his razor blade glove in the opening of the original Nightmare on Elm Street. This is due to New Line Cinema making Texas Chainsaw Massacre after obtaining their rights. 
Uh, number four, the one with the, the next generation with McConaughey and Zellweger. <clears throat> when asked about this movie, Renee Zellweger said it was dangerous. I don't know if any of it was legal. It was a great workout running from a guy with a live chainsaw is excellent motivation. It was a lot of fun. It was my first role, really. I couldn't believe that someone was going to trust me with that, that someone's going to take this chance on me. I was really grateful. I have no shame about that. Renee when, Zell- when did she say that? I don't know when she said that, but this next one, Renee Zellweger reflected on this movie in a 2016 interview, so pretty recently. She said, it was very low budget, so we all shared a tiny Winnebago that the producer of the film, it belonged to him. It was his personal camper. Makeup was in the front seats, and there's a table in the middle for hair. There was a tiny little curtain by the bathroom. That was where you put your prom dress and your flower on. It was ridiculous. How we pulled that off, I have no idea. I'm sure none of it was legal. Uh, anything we did was a little bit dangerous, but what an experience. It was a com- it was kamikaze filmmaking. Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey had just graduated college and planned on moving to California when he auditioned for this movie. He read for the part of a young motorcyclist who rescues Jenny at the end and rides off with her into the sunset, which is a role that was eventually eliminated. Before he left, writer, producer, director Kim Henkel asked if he knew of anyone who might be right for the role of the villain. McConaughey suggested two friends from his acting class and left. He was about to get in his truck and drive to California when he stopped and realized, what was I thinking? He turned around and asked, hey, can I audition for the villain? They gave him a spoon from the kitchen, told him to pretend it's a knife, and tasked him with scaring his secretary. In the middle of the audition, he told them to pretend his mechanical leg was malfunctioning. McConaughey was so convincing, he won the role of the villain on the spot. McConaughey and Zellweger came to fame two years later with A Time to Kill and Jerry Maguire. Uh, Both shared their same talent agency. When Sony, which owned the rights to this movie's distribution, was preparing to re-release it, highlighting the pair, their agent threatened a lawsuit against the studio, claiming the clients were being unfairly exploited. The agency said if Sony released this movie on the backs of their names, neither would appear in any future Sony movies. The film was eventually given a brief, limited, theatrical release. Um, yeah. All right. That's what I got. Nice. Yeah. Final movie? Final movie. Oh, boy. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 8. Yes. Simply called Leatherface. Yes. Doesn't actually say Texas Chainsaw Massacre in it. 19... What year is this? Uh, this came out in 2017, I believe. Yes. Uh, 1955. A boy is told to chainsaw an alleged pig thief. Uh, by like they're in a dining room. Mom wants him to do it. Dad wants him to do it. Older brother, who is like big and mute, wants him to do it. Yeah, it's like it opens with someone tied up. Yeah, uh, that the family is like, "This is a pig thief." What was leather? Is this, this little kid supposed to be eight or eleven? Uh, I, 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 I thought it was ten, but yeah. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. around, around okay, ten. You know, young. So they're encouraging this kid to to chainsaw, chainsaw this pig thief to death. This alleged pig thief, and he's uh, the kid is very hesitant. Hesitant. Um, the boy and and eventually decides he's not going to do it. He can't do it, and the mother is not mad. She's just disappointed. Uh, that I, I think that's either worse. The, either the dad or the older brother, like the pig thief, the alleged pig thief, is murdered by chainsaw. Uh, we then uh, we're, we're on a, a road. There's a high school couple driving in their 1955 truck. You know, sweethearts. I think he's wearing a leather uh, letter jacket, mm-hmm. and uh, they see a boy wearing like a cow's head, and so they're like, "Wow, that's weird!" And the girl makes the boy stop, and she's like, "Let's that boy might need help," right. and uh, and so the boy walks away, like wanders away, and she's like, "I have to go follow him," and the, the you know teenager in the car is like, "No, come on, let's just keep going," and uh, so she follows him, and it goes into this barn, and you know the boy 
takes off the cow head and it's, you know, the, the, the boy that couldn't chainsaw and she falls through the floor into a pit onto some giant metal thing. Mm -hmm. She's bleeding all over the place, still alive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's the dad and the, the silent brother and they like unhook a chain and it drops an engine block, like a giant engine block on this girl and squishes her and kills her. Um, turns out that Sheriff Steven Dorff's daughter and he is mad. Mm-hmm. And so he confronts the family and, and they're like, oh, you know, all we do is have a barn. This isn't our fault. And he's like, I'm going to take your kids and I'm going to put them in this uh, like mental hospital slash orphanage. And they're like, you can't do that. He's like, no, that's what I'm going to do because you can't control your kids. So we're, like the state is going to have to take them. Yeah. And he basically mm-hmm. says, you take one of mine, I'll take all of yours. That's yes. what he says. Uh, Steven Dorf. Yes. Our old buddy. 1965. Yes. So we're at this mental hospital, uh, and there's a new nurse starting there, and she is uh, very sweet. Uh, We meet Jackson, the one nice crazy guy, Uh, (laughs) Bub, who's like a big silent guy, Uh, and then there's a crazy guy, I think it's Ike, and a crazy girl, I think it's Clarice, but I just wrote crazy guy and crazy girl. And like crazy guy is like, I wonder what a nurse would taste like, blah, 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 like it's it's Classic. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also a doctor who is kind of a dick. Uh, the nurse watches people get electroshock therapy, and she is not happy with that. Uh, the mom shows up. Uh, the mom from the beginning shows to uh, shows up to meet her kids. She's like, I have an injunction that allows me to see them. And the doctor's like, no, sorry, this injunction doesn't work. So the mom leaves and like triggers security. And somehow that like everyone goes goes nuts and like starts trying to escape. Uh, the nurse and her nurse friend try to escape through the basement. Uh, Bub helps crazy guy get out of the electroshock room and like stop being electroshocked. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just chaos. Crazy guy has sex with crazy girl like in the lobby. Sure. Like standing mm-hmm. up against the wall. It was very weird. Uh, Bub uh, goes into the doctor's, the, the doctor who's kind of a dick goes into his office, kills him by smashing his face against a window just repeatedly, and then eventually through the window. Um, the nurse is being menaced. Her her friend, her nurse friend got killed, and she's being menaced in the basement, uh, but is saved by Jackson. Then Jackson and the nurse escape through, you know, the cellar door or whatever, and uh, crazy guy and crazy girl pull up in a car, and they're like, ah, like, you have to get in. We're going to get you in the trunk because they want to use the nurse as a hostage. And then they decide to let Bub in the car as well because he helped uh, Crazy Guy escape Electroshock Room. Okay. So these are our, our five main characters, um, you know, Crazy Guy, Crazy Girl, Jackson, Bub, and the nurse. Yes. So they drive, I, I'm not sure, at some point they run out, they drive and they're like, oh, it's a diner. We're going to go to the diner. We don't have any money, but like, we'll figure it out. We'll eat. So they go and they eat and uh, Crazy Guy and Crazy Girl are at one booth and Jackson and... Um, Bub? the nurse are at a different booth. I don't know if Bub was in there or if he was outside standing guard. No, he was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would have been sitting with Jackson and the nurse. Yeah. And, uh, you know, crazy guy and crazy girl are, are you know, misbehaving. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a cop or somebody seated behind them with a gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, the waitress is like, hey, you guys got to leave. You're acting crazy. And she kind of throws the bill at them and they take a knife and they stab her and they take the gun and they're just killing people like crazy. Yeah, they kill a bunch of people. Uh, and they're like laughing and then they, uh, one guy was seated, seated at the bar 
and he like tries to fight back and they're going they're going outside to a car and he shoots and he shoots bub like in the side um and uh they you know they steal a car and they drive away uh eventually it runs out of gas and so they kind of walk through the woods and they find like a a camper like an rv yeah um and they're like oh should we go in should we go in and they finally go in and they're like oh it smells really bad in here and they find a corpse Mm-hmm. And, and the the sheriff is kind of on their tail a little bit. Right. Like he goes to the diner and like he sees the aftermath. And he's like, we got to find these pieces of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. He's, he's still, yeah. he's chasing after them. Are we sympathetic to these, the five protagonists? We're so sympathetic basi- to the nurse. So basically. To the nurse. Uh, and so, maybe to Jackson. Yeah. So basically the two crazy ones, they're really, really careless and they're violent and they want to kill people. The nurse is really nice. Jackson has been nothing but nice. We haven't seen him do anything whatsoever in this movie that's bad. All he's doing is trying to calm everybody down and help. And the silent bub guy, the, yeah. the big one that's like, you know, yeah. huge. He also hasn't done anything bad, except right. in the in in the in mental institution in the beginning, he does something. I think he, he, he protected yeah. people, basically. Yeah, yeah. He was just like, yeah, th- those three haven't done anything bad. And really, the antagonists are the two crazy people leading this. Yeah. One of which has a gun, the guy. And then Stephen Dorff, the sheriff, is like a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they go inside. There's a corpse. Uh, crazy. That, that night, crazy guy and crazy girl. Uh, have sex crazy girl is severely scarred like all over her body yeah uh and also she like licks the corpse yeah they're having sex in the bed with the corpse and then she starts feeling it and then she starts licking it and making out with it it's pretty disturbing uh the nurse tries to leave and is caught by crazy guy yes um and you know like told to go back to the camper and the crazy girl is kind of jealous of the nurse because she's attractive yeah and so she's kind of keeps accusing the crazy guy of like liking her right yeah so crazy guy is uh is out in the woods and uh is is killed by bub and uh yes the next morning they wake up just for being a bad guy kind of like yeah Yeah, because he was like you know he's like hitting them and stuff like that he's hurting them yeah uh, and I think it was like a rock to the head or something, or you yeah. know, a rock to the head multiple times. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, crazy girl can't find crazy guy, and she's you know upset about it. And Jackson's like, "We got to find Bub and get out of here." And they find Bub like asleep on the corpse of crazy guy. Mm. Yes. And uh, so they're like, then they hear the police approaching. Yes. And the police like surround crazy girl and she's like, ah, you'll know, ne- you know, it's just me. It's just me and Ike. It's just the two of us. So, you know, good for her to not sell out nurse and, and Jackson and everything. And, uh, Steven Dorff just straight up shoots her. Yeah. Just, he just murders her in the head. She says something shitty to him. Yeah. She's like, she's like, you're nothing. You mean nothing to me, blah, blah. Yeah. Or like, you're nothing. Even though you're the sheriff, you're nothing. Yeah. And she turned the head. Yeah. Oh. oh, and she says something like. Uh, something about his daughter. His right? daughter. Like, you yeah. like, 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 like hunting us down is not going to bring your daughter back. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And he shoots her in the head. Yep. And so you, you kind of get the confirmation that They're he's like, kind okay. of a bad guy. Meanwhile, Chuck and I are like, why doesn't the nurse go talk to the cops? Yeah. The she's nurse, innocent. The yeah, nurse she has didn't nothing do anything. to do with it. She has nothing to yeah. do with anything. She was held at hostage. And but she's still like, we gotta get away. Let's tiptoe out of here. And I'm like, what is going on? It was so you didn't buy that it part. Was, of it. it was so nonsensical. Yeah, there yeah. was just no logic behind it. And oh. here's where the nonsense jumped. Yep. I see. So, I see a grin on your so face. So they're Brad. they're fleeing, and uh, they're like, ah, how are we gonna hide from these cops? And they're like, ah, oh, there's the corpse of a cow over here. Like we see maggots crawling in it. And it's weird because it's this huge guy, like huge, like probably like six three, three hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. Uh, a grown man and the grown woman, the nurse, and they're looking at a cow, and I'm like. 
what are they looking? I said out loud to Brian, I'm like, what are they looking at that for? This is like, they're looking at it like the Tauntaun in Star Wars. And I'm like, they can't get in this thing to hide. So it shows the cops. The cops run up and they look. They're they're, they're like, "Uh, uh, the only thing here is a corpse of a cow. Well, we'll keep going. And they leave. And Chuck's like, they weren't hiding in the cow, were they? I'm like, no, they couldn't all fit in the cow. And then you see like all of them. All of them climb out. They're all bloody. It's basically the rhino scene in Ace Ventura 2. Oh, yeah. Except with blood. Yeah. Um, it was, it was so, so dumb. Yeah. It was, it was pretty terrible. Uh, and, and by the way, this movie at this point, we're like, this is, it was, it might've been the hardest one to watch Yeah, or the, I don't know, maybe the second hardest, but it was like, it, it was, was so boring. It was rough. Yeah. Uh, they like, they're on a bridge and, uh, they see a cop and the cop's like, Hey, stop right there. And the cop shoots and kills bub. It would just to be clear at this point, there's no leather face or well, that's, that's, you're, you're so led Brad, to believe, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had different theories. I, I don't know how to, I didn't know how to say this without ruining it, right? I don't think there is a way really yeah. when we're just telling him. Well, I mean, we just, well, yeah, you we can, to, you can, yeah. I don't know, hold off if you need to. Well, so basically, this whole time, there's a silent six foot three, 350 pound maniac with Jackson, the good guy, and the nurse, and he's being taken. And you know that Leatherface was taken to the school and they changed his name. And this guy's name is Bub and he kills people and he's silent. Mm-hmm. So you're like, that's Leatherface. Yeah. Then he's running up to this cop car and he's shot and killed. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought he was would be Leatherface. Yes. That's kind of what you thought. But the whole time we were talking, we were like, this is yeah. clearly meant to yeah. be a red herring. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not, not meant to be a red herring, but this is clearly a red herring. Yeah. We should be, you know, be able to tell that it's not. And Brad's like... You know, the guy Jackson is like a young, handsome, strapping, good guy who's like, come on, we got to get out of here. We got to. And you're like, well, that's not going to be Leatherface. He's not 6'3 or 6'5 or and whatever. Brad, He's not huge. Brad kept suggesting that the crazy girl that was getting banged in the hallway was Leatherface. <laughs> like, seriously. I did suggest that. <laughs> in seriousness, though. That's what yeah, you yeah, thought. Yeah. You were like, no, he didn't get banged. He just gave him a blowjob. Leatherface. <laughs> you don't know Leatherface. Can't I'll, give I'll, good blowjobs. You I'll, did say that. I did. I did say that. I said, oh, they, you know, all, all that happened was a blowjob. And then like four seconds later on the screen, it goes to the sex in the, in the, in the trailer with the corpse. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was wrong. I freely admit I was wrong. <laughs> it's in his ass. <laughs> I swear. I promise. I'm like, Shut up, bro. It's not Leatherface. Keep making excuses for how they're having sex. Yep. <laughs> it um, was just a blowjob. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right, we, so but, but we both kind of didn't believe it would be this other guy, Jackson, right, too because obvious. he was just such a good guy. Yeah, no, not not the too obvious guy, the yeah. other guy, yeah. Jackson. Yeah, we were like, it can't be that guy. Bub is killed. Bub is killed. Jackson freaks out and like attacks the cop, slams his head in the door, he's like over murdering and over again. him. He's like losing his. So you're like, okay, this is obviously Leatherface, right? And so he's riding shotgun. The nurse is driving this cop car. Stephen Dorff and pals come up and they're shooting. And they shoot through the back window. Jackson takes a bullet to the face. And it just like uh, blows his face like off. Like kind of. Just... Falls falls over. And, uh, you know, the nurse crashes the car. Uh, wakes up in the barn where the sheriff's daughter had been killed. Yes. And uh, meanwhile, the, the mom from the beginning has found out. And she's like, no, we have to go get them. And yeah. so she and two now grown men, uh, children go to uh, get Jackson back. And we learn that Jackson is, in fact, Jed. That we're all yep. surprised at the reveal that it's it's the guy who's going to grow up to be Leatherface. They attack the sheriff. 
Hey, can you believe that from like a bill uh, sure. well, standpoint? The, the thing a, is, I guess so, because all that's happened is there's just th- three people in an insane asylum or four people, I should say, and the nurse. And so I guess you could. The only thing doesn't that doesn't make sense is his height is yeah. so bizarrely off. Yeah. However, what is this movie? It's It takes place before the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. So he's probably a 22-year-old guy. He's probably six feet tall, about mm. maybe a little bit less. Yeah. Maybe he's tall, you know, a little bit tart. Uh, like maybe he's like Brad's height, a little bit shorter than me. No, and, no, no. Um, it's, I'm... And uh, Leatherface in the original movie is probably like 6'6". Six, six. So the I guess his height doesn't perfectly make yeah, sense. right. But that's really the only thing that would prevent him from being Leatherface, yeah. I guess. Um, so the mom, Verna, <clears throat> stitches up Jed's face uh, from the bullet that hit it. He did mm-hmm. not die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she gives him a chainsaw, and he murders Sheriff Stephen Dorff. Yes. Uh, the nurse tries to flee the scene, but steps in a bear trap. Yes. And she's pleading for her life with Jed, and... Who kills her? And she's like, please, please don't kill me. This isn't who you are. You're better than this. It's just your crazy family. And when she says crazy family, he cuts her head off with a chainsaw. Yeah. And I then, think she says it's just your crazy mother. Yeah. Maybe that's it. And you were like, why didn't he say family? Yeah. I'm going to change this when I tell Bilo. I'll make it better. Um, you did say, why didn't he say family? That would okay. make so much more sense. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like he and she insulted his mother. Yeah. Who yeah. was kind of the one that's like, get him, get him. You know, she's like kind of like that, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see him stitching a mask of, I think it's part Stephen Dorff's face, part the nurse's face. Yeah. And it's like stitching a mask. And then he puts it on and he puts on lipstick and he looks at himself in a mirror and breaks the mirror. And that's the end of the movie. Hmm. Yep. Is that a satisfactory? No, no. Nothing about this movie was satisfactory. I thought it was the worst one. I thought it the worst. Well, I think this one or the beginning or Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 or The Next Generation. I'd say this one was in the top two worst. Yeah, top top five worst movies. (laughs) (laughs) No, this one was in the top two worst in terms of like sitting through it. And having to be like, okay, we know, okay, who cares? And it's just, you know, it's weird. It's that symptom of like, I don't know. I guess I guess with this one, they were trying to add some more context to who this character is. But for me, it really didn't work. And it was just, you, it felt so, it just felt so boring. Didn't yeah. it feel so boring? Yeah, I was not into this at all. I think part of it is you're following these two crazy characters who you know are going to die. You know that they have nothing to do with the story. And they're running the whole movie. This This woman and this guy... Um, you know, the, the girl that Brad believed with leather, with leather was Leatherface and the guy correct, that had yes. the gun. Yes. And uh, yeah, so <clears throat> that kind of ended our viewing. And uh, it's funny looking back on it because I kind of realized it's like Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, they, they created this. Uh, it's funny. They created this thing that was popular and then it's been fucking 45 years of studios trying to replicate it and say, well, what works? What works? What works? And it's tough because if I had to guess, and I'm pretty sure this is correct, probably the most profitable one was the Jessica Biel remake. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm sure sure they all make money because the name is there. Yeah. But actually, I think the the final one did really poorly. This one, the one we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it was so hard. There's no Leatherface like in this it was, one. It's, 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 there's they, nothing... they couldn't find a distributor, and it was released straight to DirecTV. Oh, was it? DirecTV. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it came out in theaters. It did what was not. it called? Uh, Leatherface. Oh, it was yeah. called uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 8, Direct to TV. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, DirecTV if we're lucky. D- direct to DirecTV. Yes, direct to DirecTV. The director's lucky. edition. <laughs> director's cut. Oh, yeah, but it's it really is. You know, it's it's that thing that we've talked about in all the in all the Halloween episodes we've done where we cover these series where you have a you know a thing. You have Halloween. You own the rights to Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth or Saw or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you continually say. What do we do to breathe new life into this franchise? And there's this war between uh, the people with the money that own these things and the artists who care about the properties. And it, I, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. It feels like this series was controlled more by the studios who had the money than the people who wanted to make the art. You know, and I think that everything that comes out like that, uh, where it is like, let's make another one to make more money. Is always going to be a war. And I think, you know, like like Colin Trevorrow made Jurassic World, and he made it with the thought process of like, I don't think there should be another Jurassic Park movie because the first one is so good. And he built that into what the subtext of the movie is. But I think with these, I think that they're just pumping them out and there's not much to do that's like that. So I think it's been a really rocky road in terms of trying to figure out how to serialize this type of movie when there's so little in the original property that's the most right, right. successful thing. And I think that might be the problem. Um, but like I said, thought two, which was like, you know, the sheriff with the chainsaws going into the caverns. I thought that was so fun. It was really fun to watch. And the, the Texas Chainsaw 3D, which is crazy that the Texas Chainsaw 3D, just that title, is my favorite one. That's my favorite one. I just thought that they did something good with the story. And I thought that was a, a cool way to go with it. But yeah, it's a lot of, what does he do? He has a chainsaw. He has a family. They like bones. They like skin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's like, it's like, what else is in this? It's like if, if you were, as a writer, you took the first movie and you wrote down every aspect of the movie. It's such a small amount of things right. that, you know, you got to basically build a story around it. And I think the most successful was Tanks' Chainsaw 3D. And besides that, I yeah, found I, it to I, be pretty I think, empty. I think I liked seven, then two. Then I appreciate one for its Me too. place in film history. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Maybe the Beale one would be number four for me. In terms of in terms of a well made yeah. like the actor the acting in that movie is great. There's a guy in that movie who essentially is the stand in for the invalid, using quotes because that's what they called him in it in the first one. That guy who looks like Joseph Gordon Levitt with glasses. Yeah. He like he has some scenes that are pretty rough yeah. in terms of like the the uh Arlie Army, is that his name? Arlie Ermy. Arlie Ermy, like kind of torturing him and doing stuff to him. And he's really, really good. And so in terms of just looking at that one as like a, it's October, let's go see a scary movie. I think it's well done. Yeah. But it's it's not a, a story that I'm interested in or, or something that I'm like, I want to see more of this world. It's yeah. not anything like that. Um, So it's tough. It's almost like it's a little bit, you know, without being offensive to Toby Hooper or anybody, it's a little bit more of an empty vessel than a lot of these other horror franchises in terms of what can you pull out of this. Right. Um, and, you know, if you want to, to remake it or redo it, how much can you take it and still call it Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, because, like, because there are exactly. definitely elements that show up in, in different movies to great effect. Like, you know what the best remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre might be? The Devil's Rejects. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's seriously like, it is, in a lot of ways, it's very similar to Texas Chainsaw 3D, where it's like, well, what if the police actually came down on this family? And that family had to figure out what to do. You know, in, in, in Texas Chainsaw 3D, they the, the mob kills everybody and there's only one guy left, Leatherface. But in, De- in Devil's Rejects, they go on the run and they kind of continue this as they're getting hunted down by the police. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it's a really weird subgenre that I think might have even skipped our generation of moviegoers. It's almost like I was reading like some of the trivia, um, and there's like a lot of other movies that kind of did have, like I was saying, this cannibal necrophilia. We're disgusting. Look at our gross house. This is like a hell house. Yeah. There's a there's a bunch of other like movies, but they're from way before we were seeing movies. I mm. think maybe the slasher is what's more typical to us as moviegoers for horror movies. When these movies, maybe they did take place more in the 70s and, and before we were born. Or maybe even through the 80s a little bit, but they maybe maybe they waned as the slashers rise, and that's what we saw. But it did seem, like I was saying, not as much story to pull from to continue a series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a weird viewing, because like I think that slowly dawned on us, and we were like, oh, no. Like, it was like, yeah. it was like we were like, we're, you know, we've, we've uh, committed to these eight movies versus the 10 Hellraiser movies, just because we thought that that was all... We didn't have enough time because we kind of, we usually start it in like August. We didn't start this until September. And, uh, man, it was, it was, it was rough going for a lot of these movies. Right, Brad? Yeah. Like it was, they were, I think that they were com- comparably worse than the Friday the 13th movies and the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. It's, right? Uh, yes. I think so. Yes. Because at least those movies you're mm-hmm. like, oh, these are the dream walkers. And, uh, you know, we have, we have some kind of... It's weird because of all the, all the movies we've watched, Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. Leprechaun. Yes. I have to say that Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D or Texas Chainsaw 3D might be my favorite. What about... Singular movie? Yeah, of, of, of Friday the 13th. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah. And, and what this... about Freddy versus Jason? See, it's weird because like uh, that's 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 up there, but I really think that seven held together as a story. Yeah, better. it was a cooler conclusion. Yeah, it feels you know it's funny because you, you start, know it's not a perfect film. You start realizing like this movie was that three D was inspired more by the Scream era. Yeah, of the cool, uh, cooler like joking like they have their own storylines protagonists, um, and I think. It's funny because Freddy vs. Jason sort of is, but way less than right. this. Um, they're still kind of disposable at that point in time, but Freddy and Jason are more real characters than that. Right. Um, but yeah, and as we've talked about, uh, throughout these years, do horror movies have more of a burden to tell a story as time goes on? And I think the answer is yes, and we keep proving that sure. <laughs> every yeah. time we watch one of these series. Yeah. Um, so enjoyment level, like, when you I don't take, know, when you one take through a, ten? a ratio of all eight, it's got to be low. It's got to be like a two or three yeah. across the board. I guess if you had to average it, it's like, oh, it's tough. I, I, I will say I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 more than I expected. Okay. And then I like Texas you. Chainsaw Massacre 2 way more than I expected. Also true. And then Massacre 3D way more than I expected. And then the other ones, rough, 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 rough. Even, yeah. even, the, even the McConaughey stuff, uh, while it was a fascinating watch because of how weird the movie is, like as much as Brad told the story... We can't communicate how poor the acting was. That's true. Outside of McConaughey and Zellweger. Like in the beginning, the kid is like, I don't give a shit. I'm just who I want to be. Like, it's it's so weird. It's yeah. like they're, it's like they're pretending to be in a movie. It's very strange. Um, but the, but besides those three chapters, the other five, it went from like, you know, the top would be like a five or a four to like a complete zero or one yeah. in terms of enjoyment. Yeah. Mm. But it's been tough. 
But we made it through. I'd, yeah. So uh, so what's your recommends? I'd say watch one, two, and you know seven, aka right. Texas Chainsaw 3D, if right. you're going to watch the movies. And you know what? Those can actually go together if you want. They could. They could. They kind of could, right? Yeah. No, they no. couldn't. No, they definitely could not. But you yeah. can watch one and two, and then one and seven, and yes. they would go together. Yeah, one, two, one, seven. I think there was five different continuities throughout the eight, eight movies. movies. Yeah. Ugh. Which is crazy. Yeah, five and six are their own little thing. Yes, and I don't know that you. It, you know, five not bad, but six was bad. Yeah, five was five was a serviceable remake, better than the Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth remake. I'd agree. I yes. think which were I think were both produced by Michael Bay as well. Yeah, um, and then next year we get a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And we'll have to redo the entire watch, come back with B-Low. Yep. Tell them the all the story. plots again yes. in case you forgot anything. <laughs> Give us some more Reese's, we'll Frankenstein <laughs> Reese's. Reese's. What's, the, what's the real way to handle this? Because we have a great, you know, we did the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and I think that was great. If a new one comes out, should we do a new, like, 20 minutes Probably. and add it on and An re-release the episode? Yes. That yes. makes sense, right? To yes. make a more complete version? I agree. That's funny. Yes. Well, thanks, Bilal. I'm glad you were here for this again. My uh, displeasure. Yes, <laughs> it always is. Folks out there, if you have questions, comments, concerns, chainsaws or otherwise, send yes. us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. That's right. We're excited you guys joined us for this journey yeah, through, yeah. through uh, all parts of Texas. That, yes. You know, Chuck did hit all the accents from every town. Oh, that's true. So yeah, so real quick, I went to Texas to help Lou move. Yes. I was kind of hoping to see something, but... It's this Texas is so large that even if you do, you're like, let's go to Travis County. Yeah. It's like, it's, I don't know how big it is, but I don't, I don't think it's as big as the state of Rhode Island, but it like almost is. Right. So it's like, and also like during 45 years ago, it was so much less developed. Yep. Now there's like, you know, the new Apple building is there. Yep. So you're like, oh, this doesn't feel like Texas Chainsaw Massacre at all. Nope. Sorry. I drove around. I wore the mask and the chainsaw. No cops stopped me. I'm sure there are parts of Texas that still seem like that. Yeah, yeah. So, Oh, can I give one final funny fact? Please do. Texas Chainsaw 3D. Remember I was being specific about how she wasn't topless, but her shirt was open? Although she had a rule against appearing nude in films and will only do a nude scene if she's paid really well, I guess, Alexandra Daddario offered the film the scene where she's tied up with her shirt ripped open, completely topless. Filmmakers refused, thinking it would be gratuitous. The character is brawless, and despite previous assertions, has been brawless since she changed clothes at the police station. But they did make it so, like, her shirt is open, but she's not topless. It's just to see the scar, and we're not going to show her breasts on film. Isn't that weird? That's why I was I was specifying, and you were like, yep. what? And I was like, no, it was it was very specifically done. It was. And for some reason, this says it would get an NC-17 if they'd show that, but I don't I, think they would. I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense to me. Nope. Also, the uh, Dodgers just won the World Series. Wow. Yep. Duck Dodgers. Yes. The 21st century. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Bilal, thank you so much for being here. Sure. We appreciate it. Yeah. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces. Rots away over time 
My body begins burning Both my lungs smoke filled The bones of all my yearning Laid out and beckoning still We never talked about goodbye You never asked about our death and Fire crept up slowly, weakening my heart. My prayers for those unholy couldn't stop your black hearts. A match was made in heaven, a deal was made in hell, in a sacrifice of brothers. I lost part of myself We never talked about goodbye You never asked about our death and afterlife For all that sun done say goodbye For all that sun done say goodbye Flames I 